Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometers of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool center, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. It's a very good afternoon, early afternoon. Welcome to Sports Day WA, the penultimate program for 2023. One more tomorrow and that is it. It's all wrapped up and for this year and we'll be back again in 2024. Peter Vlahos back with you. Thanks to Paul Heath for doing an outstanding job last week in presenting Sports Day WA. They say in radio you should never take a holiday. And I was getting a bit nervous because I was hearing reports uh, coming out of SENWA what a stellar job the heater was doing and whether there'd be a place for me on my return. Now, lucky enough, there was, but the man is just in the producer's area. So thanks to Paul Heath for occupying the chair and doing such a superb job last week, ably supported by the EP in Jimmy Williams. Speaking of Jimmy, you'll hear him on the program in the next hour. He had a one-on-one interview earlier today with Mitch Marsh ahead of the Perth test. Uh, We're looking forward to that. It starts on Thursday, coverage here on SENWA between Australia and Pakistan, but more about that a bit later on. The headlines for the good oil for Cobram Estate, Premier Australian extra virgin olive oil, and you'll hear it in the top five that's going to be rolled out very shortly. Daisy Pearce has become the West Coast Eagles AFLW coach. Congratulations to her. Of course, one of the real Rolls-Royce performers in her days playing for Melbourne. The one number one draft pick taken in the AFLW competition when it got underway uh, those years ago. And now she's heading west with a young family to take uh, the reins of uh, the West Coast Eagles. So a big story then. The other big story is what happened in Geelong yesterday when it came to the BBL regarding the Renegades and the Scorchers. How can that honestly happen? But I'll have my say a bit later on. A couple of the big stories for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Apart from Jimmy's chat with Mitch Marsh, it's coming up a bit later on, I'll speak to Simon Hill to look at the EPL across the weekend. It's starting to take shape, the EPL. Tottenham Hotspur under Ange returned to the winners list after not winning a game during the month of November and going into that month unbeaten. We'll speak about Tottenham. We'll speak about Aston Villa. We'll talk about the EPL heading into the very busy Christmas New Year break. And also, he'll give us his thoughts on where the A-League sits at the moment after the first seven rounds. So don't go away. Plenty coming up uh, on the program. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. You can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine as well, 0487 736 736. If you're wondering when the run home will go to air, it will follow 
the Sports Day WA program between two and four. Brought forward because of SEN's Big Bash commitments. Let's roll in, as we normally do, to the top five sports stories in the last 24 hours or so. Number five. Towards Fornaroli, Marcelo's header only finds Mashash again. Fornaroli turns it in. The flag has stayed down. First half, Fornaroli's clever little touch, wonderful touch for Mashash. And now through the legs for Fornaroli. Balloon plays at the back post. Fornaroli's done wonderfully well. What a finish! Into the top corner. And Bruno Fornaroli just cannot stop scoring. Yes, Bruno Fornaroli in the top five gets number five, all thanks to Novus Autoglass. There's one near you, 13-22-34. And Bruno Fornaroli, the former Perth Glory player, became the third player in history to score 100 A-League goals, firing home all four goals, as you heard, as Melbourne Victory hung on to a thrilling 4-3 win over the Western Sydney Wanderers at the Combank Stadium. By the way, he's taken his season's tally to 11 goals in just seven matches. Number four. Luxembourg can't go with him at the moment. Sword point next. Then Ishii Iguazu and Horizondore. Romantic Warriors lead is a length over Luxembourg. Ishii Iguazu, the old boy, he's going a great race. Straight Aaron, leader Romantic Warrior. He's clinging on. Luxembourg driving, driving Romantic Warrior. The result's still not in the frame just yet, but uh, you're giving us nervous moments, you and this horse, in recent runs. If it's a cox plate, oh. it's a Hong Kong Cup. How I about that? I just want that number to be in the frame first. Should we wait for that? But, uh, yeah, I'd say so. But... Well done. Special horse, Stand isn't he? Pr- I'm so proud. Proud of this horse. <laughs> so proud of him. He's the best horse. Yeah, amazing. James McDonald, who was in Perth, and, of course, a flying trip to Hong Kong on board Romantic Warrior. And Romantic Warrior has set a new standard for what a racehorse can achieve. Have a listen to this. The Hong Kong superstar was set a Herculean task, and he delivered backing up his brilliant Cox Plate victory with another almighty display to capture that Group 1 Hong Kong Cup at Sha Tin yesterday. Now, overcoming an arduous travel... And quarantine schedule, Romantic Warrior has done something unprecedented, taking out the Wafe Rage Championship of Australasia and the richest race in Hong Kong within the space of six weeks. It's one of the greatest doubles in world racing history. Number three. He's enjoying himself against Trippier at the moment, Son Young Man. I've been struggling with that a little bit all week because, you know, we're kind of trying to build something here and part of that is to kind of, you know, through the tough periods, just not allow the lads 
too much latitude in terms of excuses, but the reality of it is, and I've probably been too hard on them in retrospect, we got decimated after the Chelsea game. And it's no coincidence that now we're getting some players back, we're starting to look a little bit stronger. And I'm not going to speak on Eddie Howe's behalf, but I can see what he's going through. You know, And in this league, you have one or two key players out, you're going to struggle. Yeah, Ange Postacoglu there with some of the players returning and they record a 4-1 win over Newcastle United last night. More on that when we speak to Simon Hill shortly. Number Selection number one. Going to the Melbourne Football Club. The player is Daisy Pearce from the... How does it feel? Um, wow, is all I can say. Um... In terms of being selected and also just being here tonight and being a part of this is amazing. Um, to think I would have been standing here is well beyond what I ever thought I'd do in football. Thanks to the hard work of so many people in, in football, here we are tonight and I can't say thanks enough. Yeah, she was certainly emotional. A very young Daisy Pearce when she got picked up in the AFLW draft. And the Melbourne great will return to the AFLW's head coach of the West Coast Eagles, with the Eagles labelling the move one of the biggest recruiting coups in the club's history. Now, Pearce, who retired from playing at the start of this year, has since moved into coaching as an assistant with Geelong's men's team. But she'll now depart the Cats and head to Perth to take the reins of the Eagles, who, by the way, dispense with Michael Pryor in October. By the way, Pryor has ended up now at Geelong as an assistant in the men's coaching uh, situation. And Pierce, by the way, has a connection with Michelle Cowan, who's the head of women's football at the Eagles from their days together at the Demons prior the launch of the full AFLW competition. So you think Michelle would have had something to do with getting Daisy Pierce to come west. Number one. That's hit the wet patch and seemed back and stood up and did everything. And English was just like, oh, what do you do? Like, how do you play that? Oh, oh my God. And that does really bounce and balloon in a way. There's not much the batsman can do about that. Start taking issue with it. That's where it becomes a bit concerning. Oh, that's... I'm going to say, I think that's a bit ridiculous, yeah. to be honest. We started this game hoping that the wicket was going to play better than we thought and better than it looked. But that one there is, I mean, that is, if that's straight, I don't care. Everyone's saying, oh, look, it doesn't look dangerous. If this is straight, where is this going to go? Straight up under your grill. They're going to have a discussion, so they're just pulling it apart for a second. But I can't imagine if you're coming off now that you're coming back on, are you? So, but, um, what do you think? Is it safe? Uh, probably not, no. Um, if that's straight and it hits him in the grill yeah. on the forearm, it's a different story, isn't it? The umpires are coming together now because Aaron Hardy's gone from the non-striker's end, said to the umpire, well, the ball's just standing up now. It's it's doing all sorts of stuff. The two umpires are coming together. This was our concern at the start, wasn't it? This wet patch on the the wicket. Josh Inglis, he just said it felt felt dangerous when he was batting. So for the first time in 555 Big Bash games, it's been abandoned due to the state of the pitch. Yeah, the Big Bash uh, encounter, that was between the Melbourne Renegades and the Perth Scorchers at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong, brought to an early halt thanks to an unsafe pitch. It was just ridiculous uh, the way the ball was uh, coming off the wicket. And it just, I can't understand. They knew there was going to be a lot of rain through Melbourne and through Geelong on Saturday. And all they did was cover the wicket supposedly, that the game was going to be played on. 
And we've had experience over the years when it comes to cricket. If there's torrential rain, there's likelihood of flooding around the perimeter of the covers and some seeps under it. Correct? Do what they do in India. If the rain comes through, they cover the whole ground. I'm not saying cover the whole ground, but cover at least the square and protect the wicket that the match was due to be played on. This is kid stuff. Absolute kid stuff and suburban community cricket stuff where you've got a turf wicket and uh, you've got to not play the game because for whatever reason, there's been leakage of water under the covers onto the playing pitch. It uh, it, it is a blight on uh, Cricket Australia. It's a blight on the BBL competition. Let's hope they learn from it. That's the top five. Uh, thanks to Novus Auto Glass. Don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill. Call Novus Autoglass, 13 34. And, of course, also let me tell you about Nutrin Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. And the farmers listening through the regional areas of Western Australia, hope you're enjoying Sports Day WA, which will be followed by the run home with Hayes and Marto. I'll speak to Simon Hill next about the EPL and the A-League here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos here on this Monday. Good to be back. Uh, Firstly, let's have a chat about the EPL. Very interesting across the weekend and particularly culminating with the result overnight. At the end of October, Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham Hotspur were unbeaten. And then they didn't win a game during the month of November. In fact, they went five Premier League games without a win. And maybe there could have been some questions being asked, but they certainly turned out around last night in the early hours of this morning, Australian time, with a 4-1 thumping of Newcastle United. And joining us now to discuss the EPL and everything to do with football is Simon Hill. Simon, thanks for your time. Good to be with you, Pete. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, Did that result surprise you? Spurs scoring 4-1 over Newcastle. As we know, Newcastle are one of the gun clubs in the competition at the moment. (laughs) Uh, well, a little bit, but uh, in fairness, Newcastle are probably the other club uh, in the Premier League that have been in a similar situation to Tottenham in that they've lost a lot of players to injury. They've got a very busy schedule. All the clubs do in England at this time of year, uh, particularly if you're competing in Europe, as Newcastle are. And uh, they are pretty much down to the bare bones, to be honest, as Spurs have been. Uh, over the last few weeks, which is why their form has dipped, or at least one of the reasons for it. Um, so m- maybe a bit surprised that they cop four, not not uh, necessarily surprised that Spurs got back uh, to winning ways, um, but certainly a much-needed win for Antipostokoglu's team, and they, they were good value for it. Yeah, and they're playing still the same pattern of play that Ange has promised, uh, free-flowing, attacking football. And there's been some critics in the UK, particularly when they're going through that lean run during the month of November, that he needs to change his ways. It doesn't appear Ange is prepared to change. It looks like this is the way he wants his players to undertake every game. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is uh, sort of the interesting, uh, one of the interesting developments for me over the last few weeks. Uh, obviously, the, you know, the UK media, it's its not just because it's Ange or because he's Australian. They do it with every single coach, particularly a coach of a big club uh, when they're struggling. They look for the reasons why 
that bad run is happening. Same happening to Pep Guardiola. And uh, obviously, you know, those of us with longer memories um, will remember the time when we were asking the same sort of questions of Ange mm. when he was national team coach. So, you know, these things happen. Um, he's not going to change his style. We know that. But, of course, you know, they're, they're a bit newer to it in the UK with, with Ange. So, uh, of course, he's going to get those sort of questions. Um, but, you know, maybe this is the start of uh, the bounce back. Um, but it was never going to be as straightforward as perhaps some people in this country thought it was going to be after that first, you know, five or six weeks where they won virtually every game. Uh, they got a little bit of luck in in that run as well, if you remember. You know, the, the game against Liverpool where there was all that drama over the VAR um, and Spurs uh, won that game by two goals to one. So over the course of a the season, these things even themselves up. And, you know, the, the, the quality that Ange has in his squad, which is good, um, but, but they're about probably where they should be at the moment. Um, can they go a bit higher? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but it's it's a long old season and uh, so many things come into play, particularly injuries and that glut of games around Christmas. It'll be the same again around Easter as well. Um, so so let's let's see where he ends up. But I, I think he's got a good shot at getting Spurs in the top four if they can win a trophy, uh, one of the cup competitions, um, which they haven't done since 2008, then uh, he'll have had a very, very good start to life in London. I tell you what, Simon, I enjoy watching Spurs play for obvious reasons, and I reckon there's a bit of a similarity with what Unai Emery is doing at Aston Villa. Aston Villa have gone 15 games consecutively without a loss at Villa Park, and they are playing some fantastic football, of course, taking down Arsenal and Man City in consecutive games. Yeah, he's, he's done a remarkable job in Iamory. Um, you might remember that he was in charge of Arsenal and uh, got the bullets. Uh, maybe they should have persevered with him because uh, he, he's done a terrific job at Villa. When, when he took over from Steven Gerrard last season, they were uh, relegation candidates, quite frankly, and he's, he's turned them in a, into a potential top four. Maybe, and I'm pushing it a bit here, title contenders. I'm not quite sure whether they've got the squad depth uh, to be able to do that, particularly as they are one of those clubs involved in European competition. They're in the Conference League, the third-tier competition, if you like, in Europe. But uh, at the moment, things are going great, particularly at Villa Park, where I think they've won eight consecutive home games. Ollie Watkins is banging in the goals. Douglas Lewis is uh, uh, having a really good season for them. He's got a good blend. Um, and they're hard to score against. And, uh, yeah, they're on a roll at the moment. So... You know, it makes for a very interesting Premier League when you've got uh, the likes of Villa, Newcastle, pushing the traditional big guns uh, at the top of the table. And uh, it's one of the beauties of English football that nothing stays the same, um, you know, two or three seasons in a row. All right, Man City won the last three titles, but, uh, you know, my boys have struggled a bit over the last few weeks, got back on track last night. Um, but, uh, yeah, it could, could be any one of four or five teams that mm. wins the championship this year. Let's talk about your club, Man City. Uh, they came from behind to beat Luton Town last night by two goals to one. And in the previous four Premier League games, they failed to record a win. OK, there were three draws in that. Where do you see them at the moment? Well, but, you know, City, again, in common with Newcastle and Spurs, they've got a couple of injuries which haven't helped. Um, that four-game winless run, masks a little bit of the truth because three of those were draws. Uh, two of those in particular against Liverpool and Tottenham, they really should have won, uh, conceded late goals. So they're not quite killing teams off. Um, but I think 
you know, I, I watched last night's game and it, it, it was a tough game. Luton's a hard place to go. Very small, cramped stadium. The fans are right on top of you. Uh, they're, they're a very physical side, Luton. Um, they bang crosses in and they they basically defended for their lives in the first half yesterday. Got one chance, last kick of the first half, and all of a sudden they're 1-0 up and you think, here we go again. Um, but they managed to turn it around in the second half. Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish still in a 2-1 win. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the catalyst. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is not too far away. Uh, I don't know how long Erling Haaland's going to be out for. John Stones is coming back uh, from injury. So, you know, City will be up there. Uh, again, you know, two or three games. This is how it goes in England because everybody's so uh, in love with the game. Two or three games without a win for City is a crisis. It, it's the same for Liverpool, same for United. Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, all those big clubs. Um, it's just the scrutiny on the top clubs that is relentless. And uh, it, it's a testament to the character and the quality of and the team, really, that they came through that particular test last night. And uh, obviously, from my point of view, I hope they can now go on with it. I sat back and watched Saturday night Manchester United against Bournemouth at Old Trafford. It was uh, teeming down uh, with rain. And, gee, it was a bleak outlook. And, in fact, uh, come the full-time whistle, I reckon half of Old Trafford had been vacated. I think the Red Devils fans had had enough. It should have been 4-0 in the end. In the end, it was 3-0 they got beaten by Bournemouth at home. And the big question now is Eric Ten Hag. Can he hang on? Well, I mean, only the United board know the answer to that. And to be honest, I think a bigger question is uh, the ownership of Manchester United. That's the thing that's still burning away in the background and fanning the flames of discontent, probably more so than than the manager. Uh, now, there's no doubt that United have blown hot and cold this season. Uh, the strange thing is, you know, before that game against Bournemouth at the weekend, Eric Ten Hag was receiving the Manager of the Month award. So it just shows how quickly things can turn. And, you know, they were, they were pretty poor against Bournemouth on, on Saturday. You, as you rightly said, it was 3-0. Should have been 4. They had one ruled out by VAR in stoppage time. Um, it, it's the consistency that United lack. And they've got a very tough week coming up. They go to Bayern Munich. Uh, they've got to basically win that game to stay in contention in the Champions League. And then they've got Liverpool away next weekend. And they're going to be without Bruno Fernandes, their captain, who's, who's suspended. So... Again, you know, this is the sort of period of games where uh, if they've got the quality that Ten Hag insists that they've got, then they've got to show their mettle. They've got to come through these two big games with good results. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about United. I still think defensively they're a little soft. I'm not, not convinced by Anana in goal, uh, who signed at the start of the season. Uh, the, the central pairing for me is... Is it championship winning? Not really. Um, the fact that he restored Anthony Martial to the attack is a bit of a head-scratcher. Marcus Rashford is not in great form. I mentioned that Fernandez is missing next week. It, there's a whole host of problems for him to solve. But I think all of this really points to the bigger question as to what the longer-term direction of Manchester United is. And that means the owners. And until the Glazers leave, which most fans want them to do, uh, that will continue. Mm. One final question before we just touch on the A-League very briefly. Liverpool and Arsenal command the top two spots in the EPL currently as we head in towards the very busy Christmas New Year period. Uh, who do you prefer? Who do you like more out of the the Gunners uh, or the Liverpool outfit? Uh, well, I don't like either of them, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a tough one. Look, Liverpool looks strong. And the the similarity between the two is that neither is playing particularly at the top of their form at the moment, and yet they're still getting results. You know, Liverpool won it very late on against Crystal Palace. Jurgen Klopp said after that win, he's never seen a Liverpool team play that badly for 76 minutes and still get three points. Now, that's testament, again, to a a championship-winning mentality. So, you know, they're top of the shop at the moment. I I would say Liverpool by a bit, but goodness me, there's so many games to go. Uh, Don't rule out City. Um, You know, Arsenal will be there or thereabouts. Um, And and maybe Aston Villa can surprise us, I don't know. But uh, if you wanted to be in any club's shoes at the moment, obviously it's Liverpool because Mm. they're at the top of the league. So it's, you know, it's theirs to lose, really. Yeah, fair call. And finally, Simon Hill, uh, of course, you're right across the A-League at the moment. And we look at the standings. MacArthur currently on top from the Brisbane Roar, our very own Perth Gloria, just struggling somewhat uh, in second last position, just being propped up by Western United. Just a general overview on how you see the A-League currently after seven rounds. Well, it's been very entertaining. Anybody who watched the Western Sydney Wanderers against Melbourne Victory game yesterday they, uh, couldn't fail to say that they got their money's worth either from a, a subscription or being at the stadium. Uh, a seven-goal thriller with Bruno Fornaroli hitting 100 goals. I think he's only the fourth or fifth player uh, to do that. He is absolutely on fire at the moment. And maybe a, uh, a shout to go to the Asian Cup in January in Graham Arnold's squad with the Socceroos. Uh, MacArthur have surprised us a little bit. Um, they're unbeaten and, uh, you know, they've had some great results this season under uh, Milos Stajowski. It really turned things around after claiming the wooden spoon last year. They're going well in Asia as well at the AFC Cup. Um, but, uh, again, there's a long way to go. Brisbane have had a good start under Ross Aloisi. Uh, Perth is still a, a work in progress a bit under Alan Stajic. That was always going to be the case. Again, question marks over the ownership of the club. That's the bigger picture stuff. Um, but overall, it's, oh, I think it's been a good start for the league. We're still very early on. Of course, we only kicked off in late October, so we've only played a handful of games. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully we're, we're going to have a very exciting season ahead. And um, who knows, with a salary cap, who could come out uh, mm. winning it at the end of it? Good on you, mate. Lovely to have a chat to you again. Uh, thanks very much for your time. I know it's uh, precious. Uh, you're a very busy man. And we'll keep in touch here on SENWA's Sports Day. Cheers, Pete. All the best. Good on you, Simon Hill, uh, wrapping up uh, the football in England and here in Australia. Nutrin Ag Solutions uh, goes further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrien.com.au. We'll take uh, some news headlines, then back with Mitch Marsh. Yes, uh, 24 to 2, Sports Day WA for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. For Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. You've heard the news, Daisy Pierce are taking the plunge and is set to assume control of the West Coast Eagles AFLW side in her first role as a head coach, and she will reunite with the West Coast head of women's uh, football, Michelle Cowan, who in 2013 coached Melbourne with Pierce as her captain. And Grant Hackett's 22-year reign of swimming's 800-metre king, it's over. The Australian has been wiped from the record books after Daniel Whiffen smashed swimming's oldest world record at the European Short Course Championships in Romania. It wasn't just broken, it was completely annihilated by the Irish swimmer who shaved 2.98 seconds of Hackett's time, touching the wall in 7 minutes 
20.46 seconds to take the gold medal. That update for Polaris. Plate clearance deals on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger 1000 EPS plus get $1,000 free accessories. And not forgetting that Nutrien Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrien.com.au. Mitch Marsh joins us on Sports Day WA next. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Not forgetting you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member right today. Just get on the website and find out about all those details. You can join the Red Army at RAC Arena for all their home games. Joining us uh, is now Mitch Marsh. Earlier today, he spoke to our executive producer in a bit of an exclusive here for Sports Day uh, WA with uh, Jimmy Williams ahead of what promises to be an exciting test match that commences here on Thursday between Australia and Pakistan. Here's Jimmy with Mitch Marsh. Mitch Marsh, thanks for your time on SEN Cricket. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. How are you going? It's been a massive 2023, the World Cup, uh, a few things off the field that you've had to work through, but you must be pretty excited to be back here in Perth and looking forward to Thursday. Yeah, uh, can't wait. Yeah, firstly, to get out here on, on Thursday. Um, another opportunity to play a test match at home, which um, it's been a while since I've done that, so I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, as you said, it's been a, a crazy year for this team. Um, a lot of travel, a lot of success, um, and it's been a pleasure to be a part of it all. This will be your first test at Optus Stadium playing for Australia. How does yeah. that make you feel? How does it sit with you? What's the emotion like? Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to be great. Um, you know, you've got um, the Wacker next door, which I guess has um, a lot of history when it comes to um, Australian cricket, West Australian cricket, and I've spent my whole life there. And I think um, I see this week as, a, as an opportunity to, I guess, be a part of this um, beautiful grounds history and um, to have all my family and friends here. I have to probably look a bit harder to try and find them in the big <laughs> ground, but... Um, yeah, to have to be here is um, it's amazing, and I'm just extremely grateful. And this setup, uh, West Test, West is best. Christina Matthews said it. Uh, this is very reminiscent of the Wacker, which no doubt you would have spent so much time at while you were growing up, and then obviously playing for WA in Australia. Yeah, it's, it certainly reminds me of the, the hills on the Wacker, which um, you know I spent my whole life there, growing up on those hills, playing cricket, watching cricket, um, watching Sean when he first started playing for WA, and. Um, I really hope, yeah, people get around it. I, just, I was just out in the wicket before and I looked back here and it, um, it looks fantastic. So um, hopefully we see it filled throughout the, the five days and uh, everyone enjoys himself. Have you surprised yourself, Mitch, with your rise back into this Australian eleven throughout the Ashes? Um, I wouldn't say I've surprised myself. I obviously worked extremely hard to get back. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's probably not until after the World Cup where I actually had time to sit down and reflect on the last sort of 12 months, I guess two years, um, if you go back to the T20 World Cup that we won. So it's been amazing. Um, and you know, I've said it multiple times, but I'm just uh, extremely grateful to be able to um, get the opportunity to get back. But more importantly, just to, to play for this team. And um, yeah, we've had a lot of success, but it's the people that um, make, it, make it the best. How do you carry your World Cup form in the short format to playing Test Creed against Pakistan here in a couple of days? Yeah, it's um, obviously exciting and something that we do a lot. Um, changing formats. I haven't had to change to the Red Bull format a lot over the last few years, but mm. um, look, I certainly think that I've found my, my method and um, my way of thinking and how I want to play my cricket um, that's allowed me to be really consistent, over, or a lot more consistent over the last couple of years, so um, not a lot changes really. I 
uh, make sure I'm in an attacking mindset, whether I'm playing big shots or defending, and um, that mindset allows me to move better and hopefully make good decisions and try and bat for a session. <laughs> how do you how do you manage the all rounder role as well? Like, are you, are you prepared to have to bowl quite significantly over the summer, or is it more of a, bo- a batting focus? Um, well, yeah, if I'm bowling a lot of overs, it's, I don't think things are going too well, so hopefully I don't have to bowl too much. But um, yeah, my ankle and the body feels as good as it's felt for um, years now, so um, I've been very well looked after. I haven't had to do a lot of bowling um, throughout the World Cup, and um, I'm ready to go. So hopefully the uh, Easterly's blowing on Thursday, and if we're bowling, I can swing a couple. You've played a lot of short-format cricket here. Uh, what do you make of the wicket? I think I saw you out there earlier this morning having a look. How do you think it's going to play? Yeah, look, I honestly am not just saying this because I'm West Australian <laughs> and a very proud one, um, but I honestly think that this wicket is one of the best in the world. Um, I've only, obviously only played white ball cricket here, but um, it's hard, it's fast. It's, um, you can nick people off, but you can also go for runs, so I think it's a fantastic wicket. Not sure if you've heard the talk by those of us in the media talking about the future of the Australian top order. Uh, David Warner probably coming to the end of a very great career. Uh, is opening the batting for Australia something that you have in the back of your mind? Would it be something you'd like to do one day? Um, I'm, I'm very reluctant to be a part of the conversation. I understand that people um, you know, have to talk about it and there's obviously a lot of options for this team at the moment, but... Um, my sole focus is batting at number six, and I thoroughly enjoyed that role, and um, that's all I'm focused on this week. Be silly not to ask about everything that happened in the media with Mitchell Johnson and, and David Warner. Do you expect that to spur him on a little bit over this summer with what happened over the past sort of week? Uh, yeah, there's no doubt that Davey doesn't need a lot of motivation, um, you know, and that's part of the reason why he's been one of our, our best ever cricketers. He's, um, he's been amazing. Um, I guess, you know, people are... Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, sometimes you agree, sometimes you don't agree, and we move on. And I always like to think that um, this team's done a lot of positive and great things over the last 12 months, and that should be celebrated more. Um, I think I'm a positive person, and I always like to see the good in, in everyone. So, um, yeah, hopefully a lot more positive stories come throughout the, the summer. What are you expecting from Pakistan? I think Pakistan are a really good side. Um, they've got great batting depth. They've got some really good bowlers. Um, a lot of people have almost written them off, which um, I think is stupid. <laughs> um, you know, they've they've got a lot of talent on their side, and they've been really good over the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, we're we're certainly up and about for the challenge, and um, hopefully in our backyard we can get a few wins. Lance Morris, Cam Green, a couple of other West Australians in this squad. Uh, probably unlikely that either of them will play this week. How do you how do you help them through not being in the team, uh, given your experience in that? scenario? Yeah, I think uh, Greeny's obviously probably a little bit different to Lancey, but um, you know, this little period for Greeny's just a part of his story, and it's the way I see it. Um, we all know that he's got a, a huge future ahead of him um, in any team that he plays in. He's, he's going to be vitally important, and um, there's no doubt we'll see him back in the team at some point in time um, in the near future, so um, yeah, it's all part of his story, and uh, he'll be back for sure. You mentioned Lance Morris in the press conference a little earlier, speaking about facing him in the nets. Can you just take us uh, inside what it's like to face a young man of, of that emerging talent and calibre? Yeah, sometimes in the nets, bowlers um, feel a lot quicker than what they do in the middle and there's obviously no adrenaline. Um, but, yeah, yesterday is probably the first time I've, since I faced Mitchell Johnson at training that I've ever actually been scared. <laughs> I can't admit that to Lance, of course, um, although if he listens to this, he probably knows now. But... Um, 
yeah, he's a super talent. Um, his radar's um, come in dramatically and he's um, going to be a very, very good bowler. Um, and hopefully we see him get an opportunity at some point throughout the summer. And lastly, Mitch, your message for the WA cricket fans. Uh, beautiful conditions, beautiful weather all week. Uh, for those on the fence about coming along on Thursday and for the hopefully the four days that follow, what's your message to them? Uh, yeah, just, I mean, get down. It's, um, it's going to be a great summer. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to playing in front of my home crowd and I think all West Australians have grown to really love this stadium. You can't not like it, so couldn't think of a better place to come over the weekend and Thursday, Friday to come watch the boys play. Thanks for your time, Mitch. Thank you, mate. Well done, Jimmy Williams, uh, talking there to Mitch Marsh. Great interview ahead of uh, the start of the first test of the summer, Australia-Pakistan, right here at Optus Stadium. The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, we are here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. On the temper of bedshed, text machine 0487 736 736. Pete, uh, the team did really well to win the World Cup and Test World Championship. We're talking about the Australian cricket team, but unlike the 1999 and 2007 teams that won the World Cup, those teams won 16 tests consecutively. Today's Australian 11 are a good team, but seven needs to realise they are not the team of our generation. Regards there from Darren. Uh, just some sports headlines before I make way for the run home with Hayes and Mardo. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. The big story, as we mentioned, Daisy Pearce is taking the plunge and is set to assume control of the West Coast Eagles AFLW side in her first role as a head coach. She'll reunite with the Eagles head of women's football, Michelle Cowan, who in 2013 coached Melbourne with Pierce as her captain. Tennis legend Chris Evert has revealed that for the second time in two years, she has been diagnosed with cancer. Everton, uh, Evert says her ovarian cancer had returned and she'll have to pull out of the coverage of the Australian Open. She does work for ESPN and does an outstanding job. The 68-year-old revealed that she is uh, tackling the diagnosis with optimism. So we wish her the best of luck. And Sam Kerr's Chelsea have been handed a humbling defeat by Arsenal in their women's Super League clash as some of her fellow Matildas celebrated a record-breaking day for the Gunners in front of a record crowd of 59,042. At its home ground, Arsenal, featuring Australian Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford and Kyra Cooney-Cross, they offered Chelsea a rare hiding, powering to a 4-1 victory. So uh, there you go. That's the latest from the Women's uh, Super League. As we mentioned, plenty coming up on the run home between 2 and 4. Sports Day WA will return again tomorrow between 1 and 2 in the early afternoon slot. As we know, we're certainly into Big Bash season and the Big Bash will follow uh, the run home uh, later this afternoon. And just before I go, I uh, just wanted to mention that tomorrow we'll have a preview of the Test match that starts here at Optus Stadium on Thursday, Australia against Pakistan. Hopefully he can get along. And as Jimmy mentioned in that chat with Mitch Marsh, certainly the weather conditions are going to be just downright perfect. Uh, temperatures in the low 30s, high 20s, plenty of sunshine, uh, plenty of blue skies. So it should be a wonderful 
Let's hope we get five days, and let's hope Pakistan come here to play as well. As Mitch mentioned, on their day, they could be as good as anybody. But there's other days where you think they're as bad as anybody as well. That's been the Pakistan uh, cricket uh, journey. Up one day, down the next. But let's hope they come to Australia with the conditions downright perfect and they really put on a competitive display against uh, Australia. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks to our friends uh, in Kia, the EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, for sponsoring Sports Day WA. Catch you tomorrow from 1. Don't go away. Hayes and Mardo are next.